0: Welcome back, everyone, um, to Southern Scrap Nation. It's been one hell of a minute, if you will. It's June, June 6th, Uh, no, June 10th, oh my God, June 10th, 2021, here. Your host is always Daniel Jonas, back, back at it, back at it again with the white vans. Um, I haven't been on since two thousand twenty uh, and now it's a new year. There really hasn't been going much on in MMA news. And on my side of things, I've been kind of working in getting myself more established in coaching. So I took some time, worked with some fighters and went and coached some fighters. Now I'm back. I have a little bit of a lull. I'm building my gym out in the basement. It's happening. If you've seen it on the if you seen it on my story or Sun Scrap Nation, Nation story, it's happening. It's a thing. It's going on. It's just taking forever. But patience is a virtue, and it's something that my life has been consistently tested with. So I've, uh, I'm just working on it. You, I think by tomorrow it should be good. Tomorrow is essentially the day now i'll probably do a whole video and i'll do a big thing about it once it's completely open but i think i might have everything laid out tomorrow so i'm excited that being said um we're also starting charlotte or we're also starting a muay thai program in charlotte clt muay thai it's going to be the premier place to do muay thai in charlotte that's just my personal bias especially because I'm um, be coaching, so you know the things that will be taught there are going to be great. And then that will be starting up soon. We're already starting a little bit with classes in the morning, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, at 11 to 12. Just kind of getting it going, running some drills, seeing where everyone's at, getting a good workout. Um, running in the rain, essentially, is what you'll feel like after you're done. And that's been kind of what I've also been working on, and that's just where I've been for the past couple months and why I haven't really been going into much podcasting. I also just didn't want to talk about the fight world. There wasn't really much to talk about the fight world, and that was example this past weekend as this was on Sunday was one of the biggest events ever in combat sports in the past year, and it had nothing to do with MMA, and it had really nothing to do with boxing. And I'm not gonna sit here and just waste my breath reporting on that stuff and not even reporting, just like giving my two cents and analytical view on what happened in the fight. And oh my God, what are the little things that happened? And did he really knock him out? And it's just, it's a waste of energy. So I figure if there's any time to come back, it's when Izzy makes his return to MMA. Or to you to the middleweight division. Duh, he's been in MMA. Um, to the middleweight division, you have the rematch of the flyweights. That's just, I mean, you're talking about it's the heartbeat of the flyweight division. It's pumping that blood right now for them to for that division to stay alive. And then on top of that, you've got the return of Nate Diaz. I'm not gonna not come back from Stockton Sun. 209. Hell yeah. Now he's going into Leon Edwards and that's not the easiest of tasks, but it's good to have him back. It's gonna be already right there. If all three of those fights go the full length, you already have an hour and a half of just pure fights. Now some will say that's way too much. And some will say, Bring it on, I can't you know, I can't I can't get enough. But we'll see because this shit's gonna go on. <laughs> this is gonna be on. Oh God! It starts at 10 p.m. The main card. <laughs> um, that's two hours just in the main card. Is two hours if everything goes, you know, full length. Obviously, there's gonna be finishes and, but you know, they have to make up for production time. So we'll get into talking about all those fights. Obviously, there's a lot of good fights in the early prelims and the prelims. You got. Title fight contender for the women's flyweight in the prelims, kind of like stuck in there. Um, got two lightweight fight and night contenders leading off the prelim card. It's actually kind of a light prelim card, which is making more sense now. But anyway, but it's not the only reason why I came back, especially now to start talking about this stuff. Oh, also, I'm going to start up video, I think, next week's podcast. I got this new system. It's going to make it a little bit easier. Uh, I don't – I'm going to be able to stream everything at one time, and I'm going to get a green screen and yada, yada, yada. But I just – we'll see. You know what I mean? Like next week, I'll for sure have a streaming thing. I'm going to try it out. Um, and the website should be, should be you know, shaping up really well. been working on it uh yeah okay yeah 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 the the website's looking great adding more pictures um the thing okay yeah 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 okay so we don't have classes right but you can get in touch with me every all my information is the same as is uh yeah all the information on there is right you can go ahead and contact me there um yeah it's good stuff good stuff you know um all right anyway we also are going to talk about The PFL and Bellator because PFL is on tonight and Bellator is on tomorrow. The main reason why I'm going to talk about the PFL tonight is there's only really one, there's only one really fight to talk about, uh, and that's Clarissa Shields versus uh, Elgin. What's her name? Ooh. Why don't I have to view her bio, Brittany Elkin. So Brittany Elkin doesn't have the best record as an MMA fighter. Almost a record where you start reconsidering if this is even a fucking job that you want to do. Three and six, zero and one in PFL. <clears throat> Not the greatest record. However, she's probably getting paid good money to come in here and be a body for Clarissa. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's the way boxing works. You pay for your You pay for your record sometimes. That's what a padded record is. And as you can see here, or well, you can't, but I can see here, um, the only person that Britney has lost to besides, uh, or the only person that Britney has lost to in the PFL um, was Kayla Harrison. And Kayla Harrison's a nightmare. So she's getting fed to the wolves and uh, people want to see these women succeed. And that's exactly what you want cuz you want you want stars in your organization and it, even though the idea would be to get Kayla Harrison versus Clarissa Shields that's would that's would be awesome you kind of just knock out two superstars if you will um but if she goes in there and she beats Brittany and shows – which she's got nine more times of experience than Clarissa has in MMA. Clarissa has obviously world championship boxing level experience, but how good is her wrestling defense especially? How good is her submission defense? Submission defense even more so because all Brittany has to do is get a body lock, smother through the guard – or smother through the punches, body lock, take down, get on top, rain punches down, keep good control, don't get overzealous, be like a wet blanket, and that's it. I mean, you can play the kickboxing game on the outside, but then but then what you're going to do is you're going to bait her into using her hands, counter the kicks and use her hands. Just take striking out of it completely. If you want to get any, I mean any blueprint on how to ble- beat Clarissa Shields, go to Randy Couture versus James Tony and just ankle pick her. One, people don't ankle pick anymore, so I don't know how often she's being ankle picked in practice. And two, I mean, probably by John. John's probably the only person that ankle picks still. Um, But two, like, just, you know, do a takedown that is not traditional but has high success. Or... Work on chain wrestling very hard. And just work on the situation of you know she's going to sprawl when you hit a double. You know she's going to push her head down when when she hits a single. You You know she's going to try to run away. You're going to have to cut the octagon off or the squared circle, the circle square, whatever. And you're going to have to just two steps in front, two steps cutting her off do whatever you got to do and just put your head in her chest and take her down. However, that's way easier said than done. Cause Clarissa might just hit, just jab her. She might get into an idea of like, okay, well we'll just jab, feel ourselves out. And then I'll throw two jabs. And then when I throw these two jabs, I'll close distance. And then as she goes to throw the jab, Clarissa sees the jab and then just like jab overhand could easily happen. She's got very good eyes. She hits very hard. She doesn't knock women out in boxing, but the gloves are bigger, so the smaller gloves will definitely serve a good purpose in Clarissa's favor. You just got to see grappling's a whole different thing. Um, check out uh, Cassius Clay Collard is also fighting on the on the card against Luderbach, against a German guy, thirty four and nine. Yeah, he's Oh and one in PFL. Damn, Dusseldorf. Oh, he's from Brazil. He's fighting out of Dusseldorf, Germany. Why? I mean, not there's anything wrong with Germany. It's just it's weird. Uh, two for six takedowns. Okay. Oh well. I don't know who. I guess Cassius was supposed to fight him. I'm a fan of Cassius Clay Collard after that, his last performance. And then other than that, oh, Aubin Mercier versus Machine Held in PFL. It's going to be his debut, I think, in, in PFL, and that's cool. That's nice. That's what's up. with that Canadian Frenchman all day. All right. Anyway, so tune in tonight for that. It'll be uh it's bound to be a good card. It's on ESPN Plus. Yeah. Free. To be honest, check out PFL. I watched the last one or a lot, watched as much as the last one that I could before they switched over because I think this is a pay-per-view. Um but man, the production was good. It, it it I I felt it felt nice watching it. it felt different. It wasn't still kind of had a Western feel to it. It's not like watching one FC. But anyway, yeah, definitely check it out. And Bellator's nice too, but they, they just were doing something different. They were really heading towards the, they're putting the strikes per strikes per minute on the board. They're putting how fast they could strike. They're they're like talking in point a point system of like if you win you get this many points and you know trying to make trying to make it a professional sport for like the fans. Whereas the UFC is making a professional sport for investors where on the outside it looks like a professional sport. So people are willing to put all their money into it. Where PFL, they're kind of doing the same thing, but they're also they're trying to get the fan engagement more they're trying to get more of like the oh we can play along we can do the fan duel or the sports betting with it or we can even do like it all kind of seamlessly works together with that and then Bellator's kind of stuck in the middle not in a bad way but they're kind of they're like ready two feet going towards the ufc's way but they still do they, it's the one thing that PFL and UFC don't do. They don't do gimmicks anymore. Bellator will still do gimmicks as far as crazy fights, which that's their lane. But you know, it's just different. So this weekend you got UFC or you got Bellator two hundred and sixty, which is crazy. That UFC two hundred and sixty three, they're like three events behind. How does that make any sense? Um, Lima versus Amasov. So you have Douglas, Rima, uh, Douglas Lima's return to welterweight after his attempt at middleweight gold against Gegard who where he just got smashed. I mean, Gegard's fucking huge. Uh, also very good. And then he's going against Yaroslav Yar Amazov. As much as I didn't pronounce that, you may think that I don't know who this guy is. Uh, no, I have a complete understanding of who this guy is. I think this guy's a awesome fighter 25 and zero. he's from ukraine he trains down an american top team he's putting it all together he's fought, i don't know how many people in bellator already but his record in bellator is awesome i honestly think he takes this fight from douglas just through pure pressure and taking him away from his being able to um you know use his power and I think that idea of like Douglas Lima does has does have very good. He does have very good takedown defense and ground game, and he's experienced. I just think um, Amasov, his he's, he's going to chain wrestle more. He's gonna and he's not going to get, not even like chain wrestling. Even it's just the lack of. He's not going to be disappointed or frustrated if he doesn't get one. It's going to be the persistence of the takedown and just the pressure that comes with it. And then, obviously, he works in American top team. His hands are getting better. So he's going to be dangerous everywhere. But that little extra that Douglas does not have that Amsov has, which is the takedown threat, is what makes this fight. As much as Douglas can knock this dude's block off, and granted, he absolutely can. You're talking about a guy that's fought. We're about to see, many, about to see how many fights Douglas Lima's fought in Bellator. Because he's been since the beginning of time. 1, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. 18 fights in Bellator. He's fought 32 times. He's he's got the power, he's got all the technique, he's got everything, the experience. But it's just like, I think heart-wise and mentally-wise, the Ukrainian boy is going to get it done. Uh, You also have Paul Daly versus Jason Jackson. Obviously, Jason Jackson from Sanford. um, Beat Ben Henderson. He had that fight with Uh, Neiman Gracie that was weird but he won it Um, and he's on a win streak this dude's coming up in the welterweight division so he's going to test his medal against Paul Daly who just had a win and a nasty win right Yeah, didn't he he knocked someone out recently like bad I think yeah Sabah Hamasi yeah, yeah, back in April. Well, I'm not crazy. You're crazy. Return of Aaron Pico, which is great, against Aiden Lee. Nine and four, seven and three. Well, there we go. And then Vanessa Porto, Alara Joanna, and DeMarcus Jackson versus Mark Leminger. So, like, the first three fights are pretty cool, or the last three fights are pretty cool. Check that out. That's on. Friday night. Hells yeah. So tonight, tomorrow night, and Saturday night. All right, so before we get into the actual UFC card this coming weekend, the creme de la creme, the the entree we are going to go look through some news, see what's going on, because you know, Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley and stuff. Um, mm, 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 mm. oh, um, Fabricio I guess is out of PFL six, and so is, so is, well, he's off of PFL five, PFL five, PFL four. He's off of PFL four, uh. Pettis. Pettis isn't fighting this weekend. Medical reasons. I don't know. But Fabrizio says he's out of PFL 6 because of MRI showing brain swelling after that one fight where he got, where quote-unquote, tapped the guy, and then the guy, like, pulled out of it and ground and pounded him. It was bad. He was bad. Embedded's up. That's cool. Uh. Nate Diaz, man, on his embedded, it was so hilarious. Everyone's at these hotels, and Nate Diaz with his with his two fight McGregor monies and his Masvidal monies. He rented this sweet Airbnb with the rest of his team, just getting high, training out there, high altitude i don't know they're on a mountain it's being stocked in boys brian ortega trying to fight um colby covington which is weird should focus on volkov huh? let's see uh oh paula costa coming out and uh Holocaust coming out and talking about how we should get paid more he doesn't deserve to just get paid $350,000 for a fight you gotta pay me more than that and then Dana White coming out going well fight out your contract then then you can go make money like Logan and Floyd did which is kind of fucked up because it's like you know (laughs) It's not the easiest thing in the world to do. And also you have to fight out like a five to six fight contract, and that's not gonna be easy. Like, especially if you get your block knocked off like you did with Israel, and then you need to take a little bit of time. Well, that's already one fight. And you got five more before you get by the time you're done, maybe it's three, four years down the line or whatever, that you're finally done with it. Do you really feel like fighting and boxing? Yeah, obviously if it's for millions of dollars. But if you're gonna fight that contract out, and I'm guessing this is what I'm only guessing that this is what Dana's ref- trying to get at. When he says this, because it kind of sounds cold-hearted, especially because we all know what the fighter pay is like, and we know what the situation that the fighters are in, and it's not the best case scenario for them, especially with the long-term damage that they can accumulate and the short-term damage that they can get just from one night of fighting. But... I think what he's saying is obviously that one, the one statement of you should have made a YouTube channel when you were like 13. Yeah, you could have obviously done that. That's one way of doing it. But he's saying, or take these five fights, fight out your contract. But don't just fight out your contract. With that same energy that you're going after the promotion, take that same energy and build yourself. Build it so people want to see you. Because after this fighting shit's over, and especially in MMA, if they don't want you, because they'll toss you out. They'll toss you out. It doesn't matter. They'll toss you out if you're goddamn Junior Dos Santos. Like, they don't care. They do not care if you're if you're one step behind. So you're going to have to go in there, make a name for yourself in whatever way. I mean, fuck, man. Talk about how shitty the pay is for, I mean, they'll, they'll shelf you. They won't give you fights. It'll be very hard for you to make friends with anyone. But create some persona or something that makes you attractive that when you're out of there, regardless of what, you're not begging for fights. Because you don't want to beg for fights when you're out of the UFC. You want people to come to you. You want Jake Paul to come to you and be like, box me. Box me. Like he did with Tyron Wood. Tyron Woodley didn't beg for the fight. Um, he Ben Askren made a thing and made a whole thing online. And then Jake's like, all right, I'll box you. And then he boxed him. And then he won. And then he's like, okay, well, I guess Tyron's his best friend. So, But it was never this question of someone sitting on the sidelines and begging to fight anybody. You don't want that, especially when you're done fighting. Damn, I know Firo. I know this girl that was on the UFC fight card this last weekend just got booked for another fight. And I'm pretty sure it went three rounds, too. Or if not, like two rounds. I don't know. Oh, uh, Nathan Schulte is replacing Alexander Martinez. So he'll be fighting instead of Anthony Pettis. And Anthony Pettis has been moved to June 25th. Roush Minifo. Cool. Lance Palmer versus Movilid Kabulev. And Billy Quantillo versus Gabriel Benitez. That's a good fight. Figgy, 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 can't you see? All right. So that's been a nice little runaround. So let's go ahead and get started by talking about the fights this weekend. Okay, that was my dog. I was like, "What the fuck?" Um, so the UFC is making its return to Glendale or er, Glendale, Arizona. I'm right at the Gila River Arena, uh, where Israel Adesanya versus Marvin Vittori first happened. And is now making uh, a repeat. Um, well, not, we'll see if it's a repeat, but you know what I mean. So why don't we go ahead and get started? I'll go through the. ooh no, I'll go through the early prelims. See if there's anything. Matt Favola is fighting against Terrence McKinney, uh, Dana White Contender Series alum. You got the return of Chase Hooper versus Steven Peterson, which is a pretty good fight. Um, Chase Hooper, hope your striking got way better because Steven Peterson's a madman. And he's pretty I mean he he built strong, so it's not like you're just gonna take him down. Um Faris Ziam. Sounds familiar. Carlos Felipe versus Jake Collier. Alright, cool. Panini Casin Alexis Davis. Alright. And then we got the return of Hakeem Dawadu. Versus Mozart, Evlov. Oh, this guy's fucking good. Ev- Evlov? Oh, yeah. He, like, he's 27. Yeah, he just, like, pieced up Nick Luntz. Um, he's very good all over. Just one of those Russian guys. Uh, I mean, they're just better than us at combat. I don't know what to tell you. When you're born with Sambo, just every life is easy. I agree. Everything else here is fucking soft compared to Sambo. Also, he fought fought an M1. Did he compete in Sambo? He was born in Russia, I assume. I assume, even though it makes an ass out of you and me. He has two degrees. He's got a computer programming and a law degree. Oh, he's a Greco-Roman world champion. Oh, he's closely close relatives of Greco-Roman world champion. But he did train at it. Oh, he's got a master of sports. Huh. Jesus. Oh, he beat Nick Lentz split decision. It was a catchway. So this fight will be, maybe, misread, maybe this fight will be um, featherweight. Okay. Cool. I'm excited to see. Tough fight, though. And then you got Lauren Murphy versus Joanne Calderwood. So excited for this fight. Um, and JoJo's great. her has got great Muay Thai. She's got her purple belt. She's working on all aspects of her, you know, game. But Lauren Murphy, man, she's on that win streak and she's got a chip on her shoulder. It's someone that you don't want to just count off or think it's even I mean even respecting her is not enough. You got to be like you got to be ready to come back with the same intent because she's she's got that chip. She thinks that this fight isn't what she deserves. She deserves a title shot to be honest compared to what all the other girls did to get their title shots, barely anything. Just guy. Um, and she also has a, she's also got the, ch- she's got the ability. She's strong. She hits like a fucking ox. She trains with Crew Perez down in Houston with the Black Beast. So she just stands up. Oh, you know, she's. Just... And then Joanne Calderwood, on the other hand, she's been working down in Syndicate doing her thing, coming off of a win. But, man, it's going to be up to Joanne if she shows up or not. So the light heavyweight division, you got Eric Anders versus Darren Stewart. That's just a banger. I like Eric Anders. Fuck it. And then lightweight, you got fight of the night contender, Drew Dober versus Brad Riddell. I mean, it's hard not to go against Brad Riddell when good old Wizzy's fighting because they like to get that two-peat, three-peat, repeat, whatever it may be. Um, Surprisingly, they just don't have a peat on their team. But Drew Dober, man, he's coming off of a loss to Islam Makachev. Yep. So it's a completely different fight than the Islam fight. You're talking about a guy, Islam, who is very competent standing up, so that's what makes him very dangerous and why everyone thinks he's going to be champion next. But you're getting a guy in Brad Riddell who is only stand-up, the same way that Islam... Oh, well, Islam's kind of good. Sambo, I'm telling you, man, I don't... They're not, they're not Israel in kickboxing, and they're not Damian May in jiu-jitsu, But goddamn, they're like an inch away from both in in either sport. Like they're not, they're just very good fighters. Um, but it's a different fight. It's not going to be one where it's. I mean, if anyone's going for takedowns, it's Drew Dober, and he's probably going to try to do that and mitigate as much damage as possible and kind of just. Solidify a win and kind of brush that Islam one off. Because getting manhandled by another man ain't easy. It ain't easy being cheesy. Alright, so light heavyweight, you got Paul Craig versus Jamal Hill. Paul Craig, the son of Scotland. The the nicest guy to come out of Scotland ever. The 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 goat. I have a Scottish friend, but I think I think Paul's cooler than my Scottish friend. Um <laughs> Anyway, uh, Jamal Hill versus Paul Gregg. Um, what to say about it? Jamal Hill, what he's got to worry about is diving in between Paul Gregg's legs. Um, other than that, don't have to worry too much. Paul Gregg's got, uh, I mean, he's coming off of a couple f- fight win streak, two fights, if anything. But what I have noticed and what you do see is when it comes to prospect, prospect, uh, well, I wouldn't call him a prospect. When it comes to the prospects, like Alonzo Menafield, Jimmy Groot. Oh, that's right. He submitted Magamov Anaclave. Ah, uh, yes. But I would not say he would do that again. Tal clow Roundtree, Tyson Pedro. <coughs> oh, jeez. Um, yeah, when it comes to those uh, prospects, he... Especially a Jamal Hill who's who's very awkward. Knocked out of in Saint Prue, and then he, yeah, like he's very awkward. I definitely have Jamal Hill on this one. More in the sense of like I'm I'm thinking that he's gonna just like shorten this fight card up. He's gonna do a quick one, and then we're all gonna be like, oh, thank God, it's getting late. And then you have the welterweight division, Damian Maya versus Bilal Muhammad, which is a great fight. You got Bilal, who obviously is coming off of a no contest to Leon Edwards because of an eye poke. Good to see his eyes okay. But he's still only come up, he's coming off of, he wasn't on one streak. And then you got the good old Damian Maya. Good old backpack. Good old Damian Maya. <laughs> um, oh man, who was his last fight? been a while since Damien's fought, but it's one of those fights where Gilbert Burns that's right okay so it's been a while since that since before COVID even maybe a little bit after COVID started um, Bilal yeah uh, it's gonna be up to him to not it he's a Damien is a hard fight because of the fact that he's he is the one side of the spectrum of grappling. You've got people that can't grapple, and then you have Damian Myers, and people use that analogy all the time. Mazvidal is a good example. Like, Mozvedal, very competent fighter, has all the experience in the world, but just Damien, and he, it's not that Damian Myers submitted him or anything, it's just he just wouldn't get off of him. He just could not get him off. And I don't really see Bilal being able to just stuff the takedowns with like Woodley and Usman, who have a low center of gravity. I just don't see that, especially because they're kind of bigger than Damian. At least they're like stronger. But Damian Mines a big fucking dude, especially at welterweight. He's about a 185-er, even though he fights at 170. He's a 185-er, structurally. So I think this is one of those fights where, as much as it would be good to see Bilal come back from this, I just, I mean... if Bilal can knock him out, not, not as like, yeah, not as mo, is knocking people out. But if you can knock people out, if you so that's why I think he's gonna have trouble. He doesn't ha- he doesn't have this looming knockout power, and I think Damien's gonna just smother it, half guard, or might pull half guard. Sweep, full mount, this guy's not going to know what to do. And then you get submissions. Submission. I think Damian Maya have a submission, to be honest. If not, by total top position. Or back position. And then you have the first of the three. You have welterweight, five-round fight, Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz. I love me Stockton's son. I love me some Nate Diaz. I love me the 209. I love me the Stockton slap. But, mate, Leon Edwards is on a win streak. It's an undeniable win streak. I don't know if he deserves the title shot just yet, but that's why they're putting him against Nate Diaz right now. But even then, it depends on how bad he goes out there and beats Nate Diaz. Um, I he, He's... He's technically striking very, 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 very good. And um, jiu wise his ground game is very good. Just the places that we've seen him struggle. Wrestling, like heavy doses of wrestling from Usman. Um, and then being three-pieced in a soda by uh, Jorge Masvidal. But the Usman thing, it was the big one for me. It's just that, w- once again, Usman showed complete dominance in the wrestling and I don't know if he's covered all those bases yet and I'd love for him to cover all those bases but if he's not covered all those bases then this Nate Diaz fight doesn't show me anything it shows me that he can beat up an overweight 155er I, he's not wrestling you he's not he doesn't show me that anything that I go oh beating this guy yeah you could beat Usman like that doesn't if anything this is a win-win for Nate if Nate wins he's in the top five of welterweight and beat leon edwards if nate loses he still makes a lot of money and he still fought at 170 and it's not his weight class if leon edwards wins he's kind of just right where he was when he and he's got a little bit more fans depending on what he does if he just kind of like point fights him the whole time he's not gonna win any fans but if he knocks him out quick and cold then yeah, you're gonna win some fans, but you're right back to where you were because Nate isn't the same fighter as Usman, and it was way less dangerous than Usman. So does that mean you automatically, I think, deserve to be there and are comparable? I mean, skill wise, fuck if I know he could be, but just from what I'm seeing, just from what I see, it would just put him back to right where he was. Do I think he wins this fight? Yes, I think he wins this fight. Do I think the five rounds is to help Nate in case? He can't get him in a submission in the first three. Or I, don't, I don't know. But I guess this is to try to pull him into the later rounds. I don't understand this fight for Nate, to be honest. I guess the welter I don't know why he even wants to fight in welterweight. I thought he was going to go back down to lightweight, why he's continuing this, especially against Leon Edwards. The only thing that in my mind could make any sense, and it kind of already got fucked up anyways, would be, If Nate miraculously beat Leon Edwards, called out Usman, called out Usman, then two weeks from now or three weeks from now, Connor and Dustin both square off and Connor gets his revenge and takes the trilogy calls out charlie olives takes the belt from charlie olives as nate somehow miraculously takes the belt for Usman. now you have connor and nate with both belts at welterweight and lightweight for the trilogy that we always wanted at the height of both their careers even though they've already been at the height of their careers i don't ever see it happening i they already have too much money like i don't there's no desire for this. The the, the storyline's already kind of ruined because Masvidal lost Usman, and it just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. And Nick's coming back to fight, and I'm gonna guess at middleweight. God for granted, he looks great and in shape. Bet he goes to middleweight. I don't know why he just wants. To. I don't. I don't get this. I don't. I don't get any of it. I think it's all short term money goals without the idea of like a long term. Like long Sun Tzu art of a war plan for all this for all this Miyamoto Musashi bullshit that people talk about and read they have no long conning ability they're all short-sighted goals it's all how to get money quick and then they go well I only did this because I study this book and then I did the stuff that they said in this one book and I really read it and dedicated my life to it it's like short term success doesn't mean shit to me, dude. If you, if you, were, if Connor took the Featherweight belt, had this lapse, comes back, beats Dustin, and then still has this fire to take the belt, beat Charlie Olive's too. Um, and then somehow, so I just think that they're, it's gone. It's gone. They, they've done it. They've got their money. They're not, the energy's gone, it's depleted kids and shit you know it's not it's not the same grand grand goals grand ideas but short-sighted short-sighted uh execution on things you cashed in too early all right then you got david's figured versus brandon moreno so the first fight went to a draw i rewatched the fight i mean brandon for sure had his moments And I don't know I'm listening to the listening to the the embeddeds and stuff, and it's like it was sick too, and it's like okay, regardless of all the excuses and all the other shit whatever else is going on in people's lives at the end of the day, Davis is gonna walk this boy down, he's gonna hit him with a hard shot, and I mean. Granted, Brandon could definitely go for the takedowns and try but he just couldn't He couldn't hold him down when Davidson was quote-unquote sick. I don't think he holds him down now. Let's say they're both 100% now and there's no fucking excuses. 100% Davidson Figueiredo and 100% Brandon Moreno. I'm still on the side of Davidson. I still think he's... The things that he missed were the lack of pop and coming off of a, a fight already. It's just like you Know kind of slow, had to wait, cut weight again. Um, Brandon coming off of a quick fight till now. Yeah, I think he, I think he rests his chin, he's his body's ready, but no, I don't think this time. I think this time, Davison and quicker. We've seen it with the Joey Benavitas, we saw it with the Joey Benavitas. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, but I like Brennan um, is boxing and he's very technical and he's big. Like, he, he can take a shot. And he showed that those body lock takedowns work. Davison's just a 135-er that's lucky enough to be able to make that weight. And has the frame, man. Has the frame. I mean, a Cejudo would be Davison's um, would be the antithesis of David Davison. Just a strong wrestler, proven at one thirty-five 2 with the with the power to fight back. Most of the time, Davison gets a lot of these guys on the back foot, and, and, and the size is kind of evident. Strength is kind of evident. Anyway, so the main event. We got a uh, round two. You got Israel Adesanya versus Marvin Vittori. Israel suffering his first loss as a pro MMA fighter against Jan Blakovich in his last fight. Coming back to fight middleweight against middleweight contender Marvin Vittori, who's on a string of wins against Kevin Holland, <clears throat> Jack Hermanson, Carl Roberson, Andrew Sanchez, and Cesar Fajeda since he lost to Israel. Hmm, okay, so that's a pretty good. Let's see Zafajada. I mean, he had a knockout win recently. He's looking pretty good. Jack Manson's looking great. That was like last minute, too. Put the pressure on him. Oh. To be honest, I don't see this going any other way, especially with uh, <clears throat> Israel. If there's anyone that got better since their last fight, it's Israel. Even though he lost his last fight to Jan, size matters. Hey, for all those that watch fighting and think that you can just, like, technique your way out of anything, wrong. Er, Wrong. Size matters. Er, Wrong. He, Jan could do those things to him because he weighed 20 pounds heavier than he did. Like, that's just the weight. Like, he could hold him down. And then when he wasn't holding him down it was standing up, it was competitive. And no one knocked each other out, and like no one got hurt. So it's not that Israel can't kickbox and box with the best of the heavyweights on the ground. And he's the same size as Marvin. If anything, he's more athletic than Marvin. Coordinated, too. It's a, it's a beast. And then you look at the people that he beat since Marvin. He beat Marvin. Went on to decision Brad Tavares. Knock out Derek Brunson, who's on a win right now, a win streak right now. Go to the distance with Anderson Silva in a Mortal Kombat fight. Uh, had the hardest decision win or decision fight over Kelvin Gaslam, and I think Kelvin's the only person that can give him that fucking... Um, give him that hard fight because of his... He's just... He's got a weird body, man. He's short. He shouldn't be fighting at middleweight, but he makes it work. And then Robert Whitaker KOs, and you look at what Robert Whitaker is doing now against some Jared Cannonier and like Darren Till and good fucking people, um, Paula Costa, and I mean, we'll don't even have to talk about the Romero one. But go in there, and I th- I feel like. Marvin's going in there with a little bit, uh, biting off a little bit more than he thinks he can chew. I think that he thinks Izzy's, like this is not the time to go out. Like this is the time to go out to Izzy. If you're a coach and you're in that division, you're like, we can fucking get him. But like, get ready because you're gonna get the venom of Israel, and you should not have been talking shit. Because like, you should have respect that he's coming back to middleweight. That he tried his hardest and. I don't know, just I'm in line. Let me let me get that title shot. We'll we'll give him a proper fight. Izzy wants to fight Darren Till too? He doesn't want to fight Marvin Vittori, who he already faced, and who I'm sure Darren would smoke. I uh, I think Izzy finishes this fight. Um, and if you're a big Izzy fan, it'll be fucking satisfying. Uh, does he get away with the? Uh, Paula costa stuff after? Nope, because he's not in Abu Dhabi. He's in Glendale, Arizona, and they have a commission there. Um, so yeah, I just think it's the same thing. Uh, I think he's got a little bit. I think he's got a couple of like kickboxing tricks that he'll throw at Marvin. Faint, 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 and then costa esque. Not that Marvin's going to be under the lights too much or anything like that. I just think, yeah. Anyway. You get my drift. So those are who I have for the fights and my predictions. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the podcast. We went 48 minutes, which was pretty good for my comeback, you know. Um, I'll be back, obviously, next week to discuss the rest of the fights. Like I said, I'm going to get the streaming stuff up, and then you all can look at my pretty face. I hope you guys enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the fights today, tomorrow, and Saturday. You got PFL tonight, Bellator tomorrow, and UFC on Saturday. All the best. Stay safe out there. Till next time. Southern Scrap Nation on everything. And Daniel Jonas. SouthernScrapNation.com. Southern Scrap Nation. iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Facebook, Instagram, yada yada yada, SouthernScrapNation.com. Thanks again, folks. Bye.